Welcome to the Just a Runners podcast. We're here to talk about all things running and racing on the Youngstown area's first running podcast. Here's your host and Youngstown Marathon Ambassador, Bruce McIntosh and Pico. going uh, this is Bruce here and let's see here today's podcast I had an interview with uh, Julie and Lisa from the Run Further and Faster podcast and coaching service you can go run further and faster.com check out their services there uh, it's a good conversation I thought and let's see here what else go as far as my running's going, uh, pretty consistent. Had a decent couple of weeks. Got a pretty much uh, starting the 25th of October. We just started our over a month of racing. Uh, let's see here. I'll be in the Akron Relay. Uh, well, it's the Akron Marathon, Half Marathon, and Relay. I'm on that. Uh, I'll be running the anchor leg my just a racing team we'll be in our shirts not some bright green shirts out there if you're in the Akron area check us out <laughs> and let's see here after that uh, beginning of October let's see here it's Sunday October 3rd is the wine glass half marathon originally I was going to do the marathon Things did not go as planned, so I've cut to the half. Then, there will be three marathons in October. The second one is the Youngstown Marathon, and Half Marathon, where I am one of your Youngstown Marathon ambassadors, and I will be running, uh, well, like I mentioned, it's my second of three half marathons, and you can sign up, say 15%, using my ambassador code, Bruce 21 and look for all the events and then on October 31st because I run all uh, every time Brandon runs a marathon I run some race with it I'm doing the half at the Hard Force Marathon it's a first year event but it's being put on by Jim Chaney he's been on the podcast a couple times now and he's a race director for the Canton Hall of Fame Marathon. So, it should be a good event. All right. Uh, not a lot else I had on here to go over. So I give my racing calendar. So, it's going to be a very busy month. Well, actually, uh, about five weeks here, starting with the relay and then three halves. Uh, the Peace Race is in there, Youngstown Peace. Um, well, it used to be called the Youngstown Peace Race. Now it's just the Peace Race in Youngstown. Uh, that's on the 10th uh, Sunday. And that's another great race in this area. Uh, I'm debating about it, but right now with everything I got, with already having three and a half in the month of October, I think that might be enough. But you never know. All right. Well, I'll go ahead and get to this interview now. Welcome to the Just a Runners podcast. I'm joined by two other podcasters today. 
Julie Saber and Lisa Levin. And just want to say hello to you. Uh, do you guys want to like maybe tell us a little bit about yourself to get started? Sure. Thanks. Thanks so much, Bruce, for for having us on. Um, I'm, as you said, Lisa Levin, and uh, Julie Sapper is uh, the co-founder with me of Run Farther and Faster. We are um, podcasters, but we're also running coaches, and we've been um, partners in our business, uh, Run Farther and Faster, which coaches runners of all levels, from beginners through um, runners uh, qualifying for Boston or trying to qualify for Boston or repeating Boston Marathon uh, performances or even doing their first 50Ks. Um, so runners of all levels, all around the globe, really. Um, and we started that business about uh, 12 years ago now. Um, we were both, um, we always like to tell the story, we were both um, very unathletic as, as youth, as kids, and as we got older, found a love of running and then discovered we were both, um, again, we didn't know each other, but kind of a parallel, um, led parallel lives that uh, we both discovered or really got into running while we were in law school as more of a type of stress release and um, then determined we were really good at it and became competitive runners and ranked runners in our community and um, then met each other when we both had just been certified as coaches and decided to go into business together and and, and coach. We both had a passion for um, introducing runners into, you know, to introducing aspiring runners to um, what we had found that we loved so much and what had brought so much to our lives. So we started our business about 12 years ago and um, and here we are now. We're both uh, experienced marathoners, run, experienced runners, but the particular marathoners. And between the two of us, um, I think now we've run 27 cumulative Boston Marathon finishes. And um, uh, about uh, two and a half, three years ago, started the Run Farther and Faster Boston Marathon podcast, which was at the time the only uh, Boston Marathon specific podcast. And uh, we really focused on the Boston Marathon in preparation for the Boston Marathon for the first about year and a half that we did the podcast and then um, COVID hit and we um, uh, we then kind of shifted to not just Boston Marathon specific, but uh, really more generally applicable to runners. And we um, have spoken to experts in all areas of, um, you know, all, all types of uh, running related fields. We like to interview um, accomplished runners, everyday runners, inspiring runners, and our podcast has really given us the opportunity to um, meet and connect with runners from from all over the globe, which has been really um, a rewarding rewarding experience for us. So our you know, our business has evolved over uh, the past twelve years, where we started doing some um, kind of in person group programs in the Washington D.C. area um, to coaching virtually, uh, which you know an online um, training log, a, a, it's vinyl search um, for runners, again, all around the globe. We do a lot of virtual programs now by virtue of COVID, but they were very successful, so we're continuing them. And um, we have, uh, um, you know, now coached uh, over over a thousand runners over the last 12 years. And um, and uh, again, now, now, now we're primarily online and virtual. Um, but have uh, continued to connect with the runners in our community as we're, as we're able to. So Lisa pretty much summed it up, but hi, I'm Julie Sapper, and I'm Lisa's partner and friend and co-founder, and um, yeah, we're really excited to be here, Bruce, and sorry for the technical difficulties, but as Lisa mentioned, we've been coaching for 12 years, and um, it just gets better and better, and we've definitely had to pivot during COVID, but 
Um, we really enjoyed um, helping uh, runners manage this unusual time. And um, in turn, we've learned a lot too as coaches during this time and what our role is and the importance of our role and how we can build up others even in these unusual times. Yeah, before COVID, I had never interviewed uh, anybody on Skype or Zoom or online. They were all in person. So yeah, now it's like most of them are on Zoom. I still have a few questions, even though you guys covered so much. Maybe we'll go in a little more in depth. Thing. One thing I, I always do a warm up question and ask everybody what's their favorite way to have pizza? This might be a Youngstown area thing, but it's fun. But uh, how about you, Julie? Uh, do you have a favorite pizza or? Um... Um, okay, so I love pizza, but I don't eat it a lot because pizza doesn't love me. But when I do eat pizza, I'm Midwest gal. I'm from Columbus, and my favorite pizza is Chicago style. So um, I would say, you know, a, a giant slice of Geno's is amazing, or Lou Malinati's. How about you, Lisa? Um, so I do like pizza, and I do, I do enjoy it quite often. And um, uh, we've got a local uh, pizza restaurant here called Coal Fire, which, um, as it sounds like, they you know. Uh, put them in the in the pizza oven and and they're pretty thin crust um and they've got really fresh ingredients so that is that's my favorite go-to pizza in our area and going back to one thing you said uh you said but neither of you were like athletic as uh growing up so what really got you guys to start running and uh become well long-term long-distance runners now well, we didn't know each other, but we both have similar stories and that we both pretty much started running to relieve stress. Um, I personally started in law school. I couldn't afford to join a gym. So I ran up and down Connecticut Avenue in Washington, D.C. Uh, just to relieve stress and I enjoyed it. And I didn't start racing until I was working as a lawyer and um, my law firm asked me to do a little race around here. It's a 10K called Lawyers of Heart. And so I put a bib on and raced and realized that it was a lot of fun. And that somehow devolved into uh, running the Marine Corps Marathon the next year. And um, I really, I think, uh, enjoyed the process and um, felt like it was a way to do something for myself that had meaning um, while still being able to um, perform well in other aspects of my life. Um, I think running is definitely something that has carried me through some really stressful times in my life. And at the same time, running has been something that has enhanced my life tremendously and brought me a lot of joy. And I really believe that even if I wasn't as, um, it, it, it comes a little bit easier for me than other things, I would say. And even if it didn't come as easily, I think I would enjoy it just as much because to me, running is so much more about the training and the process and a lot less about the race results. What about you, Lisa? Did you, is it pretty much the same there? Or? Yeah, Julie and I usually have the same answers for all of our <laughs> questions. But yeah, we think we think alike. We've had similar experiences. But, um, you know, like Julie, um, I uh, started running uh, in, right, I think it was right before I went to law school again, also just kind of to deal with um, the stress and the, you know, the, just as a stress relief. And, um, and I had never been athletic when I was younger. That was, was always the last pick for teams. I was always, you know, nobody ever wanted me on their team when, when they picked in gym class. And I, I still remember the um, summer, I think it was maybe 
after my first year in law school, my younger sister was a student teacher at a local elementary school and they were doing a small 5K. And she said, well, you've been running around the neighborhood. Why don't you come and do the 5K? And I said, sure. And it was a very small race and it was mostly kids and their parents running kind of for fun. And I took second place woman and I won a prize. And I thought, I've never won anything for anything athletic in my life. I thought, this must, this is pretty cool. So what can I do next? And I really stuck with 5K and 10K distances for, for a while. And I remember saying, I, will, I actually remember seeing the... Um, it was the 1997 or 1998 Marine Corps Marathon. I remember seeing the runners finishing. It's a cold, rainy day, and they were all wrapped in their Mylar blankets and shivering and walking home. And I said, that looks miserable. I will never do that. And um, and a few years later, I ran the Army 10 Mylar in similar conditions. Same thing. I finished. I was in a Mylar blanket. I was freezing. And I said, that was fun. That, was, that wasn't so bad. Well, if I could, if I could do that in that, those conditions, I, I, could do, I could do a marathon. And so I did my first marathon in uh, 2000. It was a Marine Corps marathon in 2000. And I've never looked back. It became my favorite distance. And um, I've done probably over 40 marathons now. So the famous last words that I would never do a marathon. Um, and, and like Julie, really um, running has gotten me through a lot of, um, of challenging times in life and really helped me cope. It's my, I say it's my, you know, it's my meditation time. I don't listen to music when I run. I don't listen to... I don't even listen to podcasts. I listen to podcasts in the car, but I don't listen to anything when I run. It's really my time to um, to think, and um, it's become such an important part of my life and important part of my day to day routine that it's kind of you know my sanity. And and it's not so much anymore about, especially with COVID, really kind of proved to me it's not so much anymore about the races or the finish times or the placements, but it's about um, the ability to get out there and and get in that time on my feet. Yeah, you've been running a while, and you said you've been coaching for 12 years what when what was the motivation there what got you into coaching this is kind of funny and and again a common theme lisa and i did not know each other when we both simultaneously obtained our coaching certifications through the roadrunners club of america um we both um are attorneys by trade and i think um we both realized that a lot of people were asking us running questions over the years as seasoned runners and we both separately without knowing each other figured out that you know maybe i should get my coaching certification so i actually have something behind this information and also just the course is a great course to learn a little bit more about the nuts and bolts of running um so we met each other through a mutual friend at a race, of course, and we realized we had so much in common. It's crazy that our paths had not yet crossed. And we realized that we could help each other with our coaching. We had both, after obtaining certifications, had separately obtained little gigs um, with parks, our local Parks and Rec and our local Jewish Community Center. And so we helped each other with each of our little gigs that we had obtained. And that, um, I'm skipping ahead a little bit, became run farther and faster. We worked so well together. We have a lot of synergy and we recognize that instead of working for others, why not work with each other and for ourselves? So we formed an LLC and became run farther and faster. And we started out with group programs locally and then slowly became more of a virtual coaching company. And by the time COVID hit, we had already moved to virtual before it was trendy. But for us, what really we feel um, has caused us to be good coaches is that we've both developed a lot of experience and intuition 
where we are able to sort of distill what each runner needs. And it's not just about training and providing a schedule. It's about sort of reading between the lines, understanding their data, understanding their personality, understanding their stress, and what's going on around their running so that we can best serve each runner. And that has come with 12 years of experience, meeting a lot of people, meeting a lot of different types of runners, and really trying to understand that every runner comes from a different place with different experience. And as a coach, we need to honor who each other is, the level that each runner is at, and also what experiences they come to the table with that makes them tick. So those are the kinds of things that we've sort of learned over the years. And I don't know if it's more run coaching or if it's more just life experience, but we really feel like having each other to sort of bounce ideas off of and learning from our runners, most importantly, has allowed us to develop our coaching craft and, and serve our runners the best we can. You've been coaching for so long. Um, what do you think has been the biggest struggle as far as with the runners or coaching them or however you want to look um, throughout this? I guess from your time working with all these runners, I mean, was there something you've really struggled with consistently with runners or, uh, or that you've learned how to deal with over time that maybe as a beginner you weren't getting coach you weren't ready for? Yeah, it's really interesting to look back kind of at the beginning of our coaching and how it's evolved and how Julie really, um, uh, you know, articulated very well how we kind of learned over the years um, how to how to best coach runners and that it's not just about the running, it's about, um, you know, again, reading between the lines. Um, but I, I think for, for both of us, there have been a few challenges on a, on a few different levels. On, on a business level, it's been how to expand our business without losing the personal touch that really has become kind of uh, a hallmark of our of our business. That's really uh, when people come to us and want us to coach them, they want us to coach them. And, and, and that's, you know, it's a it's a huge compliment. Um, and that's what we want to do is we want to get to know every one of our runners and we want them to become, that's what makes us, I think, you know, a better coach for them. So we really understand and really get to know them. Like Julie said, what's going on in their lives? What are their motivations? What is, you know, what's their personality like? And that makes us better coaches. So we really want to get to know everybody on a, on a, on a individual basis. So how do we expand our business? when there's just two of us and, and, and kind of, um, how do we, how do we do that? And, and, um, really we've made some conscious decisions to keep our business a little bit smaller and more manageable so that we can provide that. We found some ways to, you know, do group programs where, um, you know, people who don't need the one-on-one -on -one can get the same benefits, but in a group program, a little more hands-off, they don't need as much hands-on. So try to find ways like that. But that's so, so from a business model perspective, that's probably been one of our biggest challenges is how do we grow our business? And, and we both also, have other jobs. So, you know, we don't get to do this full time. So that's another, you know, how do we balance the other jobs and find the time for this and devote all that time that we want to because we care so much about our runners and we want to get to know them so much. So, um, so that's a struggle on that. And um, on the coaching perspective, um, I think we'll both agree that our biggest frustration is convincing runners um, that they need to be running most of their miles easy miles. And that's what we are constantly reminding runners. Uh, you know, runners think we're going to yell at them because they didn't hit their speed work paces exactly on point. And we never do that, but we are often, quote unquote, yelling or, you know, we're often chastising our runners for running too fast. And that is a, that's just a, that is, that is from day one until now, just a constant, and, and you, you're smiling and laughing because you probably understand, and, and anyone listening probably knows that's that's a big um, challenge. Um, well, every coach I've talked to has said the same thing. 
because there's a lot of reasons you might not hit your speed workouts. It could be hot. It could be it could be a bad day. Whatever. But uh, they have a hard time convincing their runners that they could get faster by running slower. Yeah. yeah. And that's, and that's just, you know, it's a hard, um, I think, uh, what we see is that runners get in their head, they have a certain expectation of my long run should be at 8.30s. And then on a certain day, it's hot, they're tired, they're nines, they're thinking, you know, they think they're failing and they have to push to hit the 8.30s that they always hit, or they're getting older. And you know what? Their long runs aren't going to be at 8.30s anymore for whatever reason. So I think people have an idea in their head of what is a successful run and what is an unsuccessful run. And I think if they don't hit those pieces, um, I won't stereotype or generalize, but we see it a lot with our men clients. They're like, you know, just get out, get in a really hard workout and run too fast. So we see that a lot. But So that's a frustration as a coach because oftentimes then runners end up injured and we feel um, responsible, but we've been telling them all that we know was avoidable. So it's it's frustrating to us to see talented runners who could be very, you know, could reach their goals and whatever that goal may be, running a marathon, running a marathon at a certain time. They We know that they can do it, but they're not doing the right things to get there, even though they've hired a coach. So that's, that's always a frustration for us. And I think over the years, um, we've, we've learned how to, how to, you know, communicate with runners to, to convince them of that. But really, in the end of the day, they have to learn that for themselves. So that's that's what I would say is probably the biggest frustration from a coaching perspective. Amen. I mean, I couldn't agree with Lisa more. I, w- I will add, Lisa had mentioned, like, sometimes one of the issues with slowing down is, is ego or thinking you should be running a certain pace. I think the other issue is it is a little bit of an art to teach your body to run slower while maintaining good form. And a lot of that has to do with cadence. Um, If your footfalls are frequent, if your cadence is efficient, if your form is efficient, then you should be able to run at different paces with good form. So maybe instead of thinking about well, I, my body can't go any slower. This is this is how slow I can go. And I know that other people can run slower, but I can't. Maybe shifting um, the mindset to what can I work on with my form so that I'm able to modulate my pace and run easy on easy days and harder on hard, hard days. And that that's a lot of the art of, of learning about your training and understanding how your body works. But everyone can run slower and certainly the ethiopians um who very much run markedly slower than their race pace have proven time and time again that that method works yeah i've looked at some of the you can get on strong and look at elite training and you see the difference in their regular runs in their race pace and you mentioned how you like to give keep the personal touch but being online and through this code, the pandemic, has that been a bigger challenge as you've grown your coaching? No, I, I mean, it's definitely something that we've learned how to do. I think a lot of coaches use platforms and we, we use the platform Final Surge and there are others out there like, for example, Training Peaks. And that platform allows plenty of opportunities to make comments, have conversation back and forth. And it's really nice because it's a landing spot for dialogue and it allows runners to say what they need to say. It allows conversations to start and stop. You don't have a text chain going or something where you're not quite sure or an email. It's just one spot for all of communication. So um, we definitely have found that to be a benefit in terms of being able to communicate. In terms of um, personal touch, Absolutely, there is a disadvantage to virtual coaching, and that is that we are not in a position to watch our runners run. However, 
we very much believe that that is not within our purview. That is something that a well, um, a, a very um, solid physical therapist should be able to do. For example, where we live, and I think this is probably in most areas, the physical therapist that we adore and work closely with, Rachel Miller of ProAction Physical Therapy, uh, provides a run-based analysis where it's it's a preventative measure where runners can come in at any time, they don't need to be injured, and have a physical therapist video them, take a look at their gait and their stride and give them tips. And certainly we are qualified to give tips, but if you really want to get get expert advice, just like with nutrition or anything else, seeking an expert who is able to provide evidence-based advice is a lot better use of your time and energy and money than to have somebody go to a track and just simply look at your form once or twice. So that's kind of how we've pieced that together for our runners. And we do have runners who are local who we've had the opportunity to, to see run. And, you know, that's always been beneficial. We have programs in person that we've done for many years, except during this time. And certainly having the opportunity to see our runners run, count their cadence and doing all that is such an advantage. But there are so many benefits to virtual coaching, particularly one-on-one, that we feel that the benefits of that experience outweigh um, some of the disadvantages of not being able to see people in person regularly. We start each of our, you know, anytime we, we start coaching somebody, we start with either a Zoom call or a phone call, and we spend a really good amount of time getting to know them and talking to them. And um, and during COVID, what we did and we've been continued to do is we do regular Zoom calls with our runners. So it may just be us doing a coaching call, but we may have an expert come in and talk on a certain topic, and all of our runners come in, and it's almost like a, it's a virtual meeting. So it's kind of nice to see everybody's faces, and they all see each other's faces, and they can chat with each other. And we know some runners who even connect off of that so we've 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 adapted and and again like Julie said when we had our in-person programs here it was nicer for us to get to run with and see and really be hands-on with our local runners Um, but we've always had runners that are not local that are national or international that we've always had to um, get to know on a personal level virtually and uh, you know some of our we, we consider them our closest friends are now runners who run with us for many years that we feel like we know, and some of them we've actually never seen in person. So we hope that we will soon, and many of them we'll see in Boston when we go to Boston in October. Um, but I, I always say that I feel like, um, you know, I feel like some of these people are such close friends, and I actually have never, I've never met them in person, but we do develop um, that type of relationship through the final search platform, through emails, through phone calls, through Zoom calls that we do. Um, so I think that, that you know, we've figured out a way to do that. Well, on on a personal question, uh, because I'm trying to get my coaching certificate from the RRCA, but they're all filled up. Uh, What advice would you wish somebody would have told you when you were starting coaching? I think the advice that I would give everyone that I wish someone would tell me is that you are not a seasoned coach or even qualified to really coach just by virtue of taking a weekend course. What really makes a good coach, as we talked about earlier, is data points, learning learning about runners, understanding how runners tick, looking at data from past races from different runners, and understanding what training works for certain runners. Um, specifically, we've learned so much um, about runners by just coaching men and women. Uh, what works for a 
lot of women may not work for a lot of men and vice versa. And that those are things that are touched on in an RCA certification course, but experience and just getting to know each runner on a deeper level and understanding what is effective and what isn't is really important. So I would say for someone who is getting their coaching certification, really try to find a mentor and and really spend a lot of time learning from a trusted mentor before deciding to go out on your own. Um, what we did and we partnered with each other and led a couple of couch to 5k programs. Uh, I think it would have been really great for us if we had been able to work under someone. But I know for me personally, my mentor uh, was a coach uh, that I was was trained by this uh, who taught the RCA coach Mike Broderick. And um, he has since passed away, but he he was the guru of coaching. And I had the opportunity to learn by him just by being coached by him. And while uh, his time on this earth was way too brief, he uh, had a profound impact on a lot of coaches, including me and Lisa. And um, I think just finding people you trust to look to, to mentor would be our piece of advice. Shift gears a little bit. So this is a podcast. Uh, you two have your own podcast, the Run Further and Faster. Run Further and Faster. Yeah, same same as our business name, Run Further and Faster. Yeah. Did you uh, just hit a milestone? I believe your hundredth episode. Yes, um, we hit our hundredth episode. Um, it was last week, and we can't believe it. Uh, we started our podcast. Uh, couple of years ago to help runners train for the Boston Marathon. We are, we love the Boston Marathon. We've run it collectively 27 times. Uh, this will be Lisa's 18th and my 11th Boston. And uh, as a result, we are by default, we think experts on the Boston Marathon and started <laughs> a podcast. And initially our podcast really focused on Boston Marathon experts. We had as some of our very first guests uh, Dave McGilvery, the, the race director of the Boston Marathon. Catherine Switzer, also known as KV Switzer, who was the first woman to finish Boston with a bib, um, who was entered as KV Switzer, of course. Uh, we've had just so many incredible guests, and we pivoted a little bit to less of a Boston Marathon-focused podcast and more of just a general running podcast when COVID hit, because we suddenly realized that our podcast through feedback was keeping a lot of runners company when they weren't running with others. So then we started having more guests on in 2020, um, therapists, um, doctors, all running related, but people on there and experts just to better support listeners who wanted to hear information while they're running. And yeah, we just hit our hundredth episode and uh, Lisa and I had a really nice time recording that where we sort of uh, talked about some of our favorite guests and what the podcast has meant to us. So uh, Lisa, what do you have to add? I feel like I've just babbled about it, but I, I could babble about our podcast all day long. I love doing it so much. Yeah, I would just add that when Julie really was the one to kind of push the idea of a podcast several years ago, and I said, I, I just, my response was, who, who's going to listen? Like, who are talking to? Like, who's really going to listen to this? But, you know, I was all for it. But I was a little bit skeptical, and I have to say after, you know, the first we did, um, you know, the first season of episodes, and I just enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it from the perspective of meeting so many different experts and getting to talk to them on on our podcast. And I remember saying I learned so much just from our podcast. And really, what I loved was um, connecting with Julie every week. At that point, we were, you know, pre-COVID, we were getting together every week. 
and recording our podcast in person together and it was our time together which I really enjoyed and I but I still um, I remember we went to Boston that first you know that first season we did kind of led up to Boston Marathon it was we did I think 12 weeks before Boston and we did 12 different episodes and uh, we got to Boston and we had said in the last episode if anyone wants to meet up with us we reset a random meetup place and we said come meet up with us and I said to Julie like it's going to be you and me and like two of our friends and that's it no one's going to come who's going to come with still didn't know who listened to us and we got there and we had about 40 people come and it was we had runners from Australia and from Iowa and from California and Texas and all over and, and all different stories some were saying you know this was my first Boston Marathon and your podcast was so important to me to to really um, ease my nerves and really help me feel like I was more prepared to people who said I've run it 10 times and you talked about things that I've never heard about before you interviewed people I learned new I learned new things from you and and I always like to tell I just told this on our podcast but I'll tell it again here because I just think it's a fun story again I wasn't really I was still surprised that people listened to the podcast and um, we had finished the race and we were on our way out of town back to the airport and Julie was, uh, we'd gone into the ladies room and I had come out, I was done and Julie was still, I was waiting for Julie to come out and I met a woman in the hallway and we both had our medals on, our finished medals on and she said, congratulations. And I said, congratulations to you. And she said, "Um, where are you from? And I said, oh, from the Washington DC area. And she said, oh, I listened to this podcast from there. I love, it's like my favorite podcast. And it's these, these women, and I'm thinking in my head, who else does a podcast near us that I would know? Like, what podcast is she talking about? And then she says, she says it's these two women, Lisa and Julie. And I said to her, like, in shock, and I said, I'm Lisa, and Julie's in the bathroom. And Julie came out and met her. Um, it just was so neat to randomly meet somebody who was telling me about this great podcast that she listened to, and it happened to be our podcast. So, um, I, you know, I was convinced after that first season that we were on to something that was really not only enjoyable for us, but was bringing some value to the running community. And um, and, and so we just continued from there. So to hit 100 episodes is really, um, it's definitely a milestone for us. That's great. Yeah. It's always nice when you find out somebody's actually listening to your podcast. <laughs> uh, I may only have the 10 listeners or something, but I think I all over in my writing group, maybe. But I, I mean, I, know, I think there's a few others out there. Um, do you have any memorable guests? Because I know you mentioned David McGilvery. I had him on here once, and it actually, I'm surprised he still went through with it. It was the day that he had announced the Boston Marathon wasn't going off last year, and I, I offered to let him, he was such a good guy, he actually still came on the podcast and did it, uh, but it was like, I could have totally understood last year when all that was starting to go down, that was the day we had already arranged to have our podcast, and he's a great guy. I know you mentioned him. Uh, do you have any other memorable guests or favorites you, or people you hope to get back on there again? We both have one memorable guest. I mean, we, all of our guests are incredible. It, it's hard to pinpoint one, but we both asked each other this question last week on our 100th episode, and we both had the same answer for one of our most memorable guests, and that was Sarah Mae Berman. Um, she is, was one of the first ladies of running and she and her husband, Larry Berman, came on our podcast and talked about what it was like to run the Boston Marathon um, during her time, well before Title IX. And just what an incredible woman. And similarly, we had on Bobby Gibb, 
who um, ran actually before Catherine Switzer, she ran without a bib and finished um, in 3:21. And um, Bobby's always kind of been under the radar a little bit more than Catherine, so to be able to elevate her a little bit more, I know a lot of people know Bobby, but a lot of people don't. And getting her on the podcast to share her story was was really compelling. And um, BD Deutsch was another one that we like loved talking to. We've had her on our podcast twice. BD is a top Israeli marathoner who is um, really determined, and we really think she'll get there to uh, qualify for the Olympic marathon. She just missed it this Olympics, but we think she'll get it the next time. And most notably, she is a mom of five and is an observant Jew. And um, she really uh, talks a lot um, very publicly about the role that her faith has in her running. And she runs in a skirt and in a head covering and in long sleeves in Israel, which is a desert. And she manages to just pull out phenomenal times. Um, and so, yeah, the, those are some of the more uh, memorable guests for me. Lisa, how about you? Yeah, um, you know, it's interesting thinking back and, and remembering that um, a lot of the guests that we've had on um, were guests that maybe aren't notable or big names, but have taught us important lessons. Um, just runners that from our community or runners that we reached out to after reading an inspiring story. And um, they may not be top names, um, but they uh, really left us, you know, with lasting impressions. So a lot of those those people that we end up talking to, um, you know, we had a, one of our local um, top fitness professionals, Jen Blackburn, on one time, and we were just expecting to interview her about the importance of strength training and um, how she incorporates strength training into runners' um, routines that she coaches. And, it, you know, she ended up sharing a lot of her, her personal story, which was really remarkable. And, um, you know, I think uh, made it made an impression on a lot of people. So I, I think for, for me, you know, even the people that we talk to that aren't big names, um, end up leaving um, leaving impressions, and really everybody we've ever talked to, every, I think everybody has added a little bit of knowledge or a little bit of inspiration or a little bit uh, to our lives. So, and, and we're always so grateful for the time. You know, we reach out to people, and um, they write back and say, "Sure, I'll be on." Like, Dave is a great example. I, I had named him as one of my favorite guests, like, like you. Um, every time we reach out to Dave to say, hey, did you come on the podcast? He says, sure, just tell me when. He's so willing to come on and chat, and his words of inspiration and wisdom are always so spot on and just really insightful. So he's another one of my favorites, too. Yeah, I, I've met quite a few, uh, a lot of people I've talked to that I never would have had a chance to otherwise. It's just so much fun to get together with them and hold a conversation. and. Just like today, I, I never thought I'd be talking to you guys, too. And it's been a pleasure talking. Yeah, I don't want to take up too much of your time getting about, but uh, any, uh, anything else you guys uh, would like to add on? Or? Uh, no, thank you for having us on, Bruce. It's a pleasure talking with you. We know that one of the runners we love and coach, Christy, was on your podcast a while ago. And, of course, she's expecting a baby anytime now. And... Um, we hope to get back to coaching her when she's ready. But um, it's always neat to talk to someone from an, another area of the country. And um, thanks for finding us and reaching out to us. And we're honored to be on your podcast. And good luck with getting your coaching certification. And let us know if you have any questions about that. We're always happy to help other coaches um, be able to, to do what we do. It's important to have uh, for all runners to have access to coaches. And it's, we always are happy when we hear someone else who's the training to do that because we really believe in coaching and we really believe that it makes every runner reach their fullest potential when done properly. Thank you.
you have anything else, uh, Lisa? No, that, that's it. Like Julie said, that, um, you know, it's just, it's been, it's always nice to connect through the podcast and through coaching with people from different parts of the country. Like you said, we never made, we, we may have never met if it weren't for your podcast. So it's always, like I said, every time we, we do a podcast, we're on a podcast or we have a guest, we always leave with, um, with, you know, some, we always take away something. So we appreciate the opportunity to be on and, and get to chat with you. Am I the only one that listens to your podcast that has trouble telling which one's Lisa and which one's Julie? No, we people in real life don't know, but we answer to each other's names, so. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed you a lot of times you'll be saying, Lisa, what do you think about this or Julie? And so we know who you're, uh, the other one who's speaking. <laughs> I was like, maybe it's just me that's confused, but. No, and, and pe- even in person, people will be like, hey, Lisa, to me, and I answer to it. I'm, I mean, gosh, if I had to be called someone else, I'm happy to be called Lisa Levin. I'm honored. So it's fine. You'll and, it's mutual. We don't mind, we don't mind being confused with each other. We don't care. And and frankly, we, we sometimes feel like we share a brain, so it's fine. <laughs> so, well, thanks for having us on, Bruce. It was really oh, nice welcome. to meet you. Thank you for being on the podcast. You too. Have a great day now. Thank you, you too. Keep up the good work on this. Thank you. Bye. Bye.